This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, we examine some questions teachers may face, and we give some teaching tips along the way. This fall, we are studying the Gospel of Mark. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined again by Gia Thornburg and Dwayne McCreary. They were part of the podcast for session one, and so they are our they are the bookends this quarter, session one and session 13. Uh, Gia is an editor and a newest member of our Explore the Bible team. Uh, Dwayne is probably familiar to you. He served as team leader for Explore the Bible for 13 years until last summer when he took a new position um, where he now serves over all of LifeWay's adult ongoing curriculum. Dwayne and Gia, thank you for being here. Thanks for having us, Amber. It's good. It's always interesting to be on this side of the table then instead of on that side of the table. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> Today we will look at session 13. Uh, we are we will be discussing Mark chapter 16 verses 1 through 14. In our outline for this session, uh, in Mark chapter 16 in verses 1 through 4, at sunrise on Sunday, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome took spices to the tomb so they could anoint the body of Jesus. As they made their way to the tomb, they discussed who they would get to remove the stone. And as they got closer, they realized that the stone had already been rolled away. In verses 5 through 8, the women entered the tomb and encountered a young man in white sitting inside. He told them that Jesus had risen and invited them to view the place where his body had been placed. He also directed them to tell the disciples and Peter that they would see Jesus in Galilee, just as Jesus had promised. But of course, the women left the tomb overwhelmed. In verses 9 through 14, on that same day, Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene. She reported what she saw, but the disciples did not believe it to be true. Jesus also appeared to two of his followers who were walking in the country. They, too, reported what had happened, but their testimonies were rejected. Later, Jesus appeared to the disciples and rebuked their disbelief. Our summary statement for the whole session is Jesus' empty tomb attests to his resurrection. So that's just a quick overview of these verses that we'll take a look at today. Um, but we also want to get to some questions that perhaps um, you might have as you begin to study in preparation to lead your group or questions that group members may bring up in the middle of your Bible study. So Gia, we will begin with you. Who were the first witnesses to the resurrection and why is it significant? Sure. So all four Gospels identify women as the first witnesses to the resurrection. They are all gonna have a different combination of women, Mary Magdalene being the, the common denominator among them. But um, the, the key similarity is that the, the first people to witness the empty tomb and the resurrection of Jesus are women. And this may not seem significant to us now, but in that culture, this was a really big deal um, because in this culture, women didn't have a lot of rights and they, their testimony and witness was not seen as valid. And so what this means for us is that if the story of the resurrection isn't true, say the gospel writers were making this all up and trying to convince people it was true, they would not have written women as the, the individuals to see the empty tomb first. They would have chosen a man 
whose testimony would have been reliable. So the fact that women are the ones at the tomb to discover it empty is evidence to the truth of the, the resurrection. And, and, you know, I personally find this a really, really beautiful picture mm-hmm. of God's kingdom because God's kingdom is made up of all kinds of people, men and women, high status, low status. And we see time and time again in God's word that he uses unexpected people to carry out his mission and his message. And we could name a ton of individuals throughout the Bible like this, you know, like Abraham and his wife who were old and barren, yet Israel, the whole nation comes through them. Paul, formerly known as Saul, a persecutor of Christians, yet he wrote most of our New Testament as one of the the greatest missionaries for the early church. So I just think it's really cool that God uses women in this part of the story. Um, And I also want to mention to um, our listeners and to to leaders that we do have a pack item on this as well. Um, Pack item 14 is titled Women Witnesses to the the Risen Christ. And this is a really cool article um, about women not only being witnesses to the resurrection, but also the death and burial of Jesus. So this might be something that our leaders might find helpful and might print off and give to their groups so they could um, dig deeper into this topic. Yep. Yep. That's helpful. That's a really good, concise explanation of, of why that is important and, and a good nod to our pack item. So thank you. Uh, Dwayne, how can we explain the disciples' unbelief and the hardness of heart? I uh, think you're looking at verse 14 here, th- mm-hmm. but you see that idea throughout this story. I hate to use the word story because it's not a fairy tale. It's a real event. But throughout this account, um, you see that idea that they don't really believe. Um, in Mark 24, we're told, excuse me, in Luke 24, to a parallel passage to this, that when the Mary Magdalene approached them to tell them that they, they, they viewed it as nonsense, didn't make any sense to them. Um, we see this again in John 20. Um, you see Jesus appearing to the disciples behind locked doors and Thomas not being present. And a week later, him uh, Jesus are reappearing with Thomas present and Tom, Thomas finally believes, but he refused to, to believe until he is able to touch the hands, see the side. We aren't told by the way, in John 20, that he actually reached out and touched the hand, but he obviously saw it. Um, and, and we view uh, Thomas as someone who, you know, we call him doubting Thomas, but I don't know that's fair uh, to, to do that to Thomas, uh, to classify him as such especially when you look at the Great Commission, because in the Great Commission in Matthew, excuse me, in Matthew uh, 28, in verse 17, we're we're told that when they saw him, they worshiped him. It says the 11 disciples went to Galilee. So this is after everything that's recorded in John 20, because it wouldn't make sense time-wise for this to be the case, for them to go then to this to Galilee, because it'd be at least a day's journey from Jerusalem. And we would understand what happened in John 20 as taking place in Jerusalem. But it says they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now, they'd already seen him and encountered him more than once when we get to that account in Matthew. And yet there's still some that are doubting. So this idea of unbelief and hardness of heart, we keep seeing in play itself out multiple times, multiple places. Um, 
And so we could be angry with them, upset with them, but eventually all 11 of them become martyrs. John would, some would say, well, John wasn't a martyr, but he was exiled. I don't know what would be worse in some cases, being exiled and being forced to live in a in a box, basically, uh, versus uh, being able to go ahead and see Christ face to face. I don't know which one would be uh, more of a tempting part uh, uh, or desired thing to have happen. But I bring that up because we we see this idea of unbelief and hardness of heart taking place. Uh, throughout the the appearances of Jesus. And uh, I guess the best way to explain it is that that they're still human. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still trying to process something that just doesn't happen every day. I have never met anybody who's resurrected. Mm-hmm. Now, I've met some people who have, you know, had paddles and all that, and they've, you know, been, they were flatlined and the, 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 that that helped them bring them back to life, but they weren't buried. They weren't in the grave for three days. Uh, none of that would have been the case. Um, and none of them had gone through a brutal crucifixion like what they witnessed. So um, it, 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 you can understand why there was unbelief. The interesting thing is that hardness of heart in the, I believe it's the leader guide. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the leader guide, it deals with that hardness of heart, that key phrase, pointing to the stubbornness of some people uh, relative to that phrase um, has the idea of rebellion. Um, I would argue that they were temporarily trying to figure out what the truth was here. And once they figured it out, it took a while for them to figure it out, but eventually they did. Mm-hmm. And when, once they did, like, then they were even more convinced they were pro- prior to uh, them deciding or making that realization personal and so i i would warn us when we're teaching this lesson to avoid casting uh, doubt on the disciples because we have those same things going on in our own lives oh sure yeah that's a that's an excellent point um it's hard to fully grasp how they could have even understood all that Jesus had taught them over over their time with him. And then the actual event of the crucifixion and resurrection. It just was a lot. It was a lot. Okay. What obstacles may keep some people from believing in the resurrection? Yeah. Um, so kind of speaking to what Dwayne was talking about earlier, we don't know anybody who's been resurrected. I um, We were talking about um, our pastor, at our church recently preached through first Corinthians and in uh, chapter 15, it's about resurrection. And I was asking my Sunday school students, I teach high school girls, um, basically the same question. And one of my students, I'd never thought of it before. She was like, well, it's not really that hard to believe in 2023. And I was like, well, is it? And she's like, well, you can be medically dead and then be brought back to life. And I'm like, yes, but Jesus didn't have paddles Jesus was buried he was dead for three days and so um that's pretty unbelievable and so that in itself can be very hard to believe just kind of logically um you know and um when I think of obstacles I also think of theories 
Like there's so many conspiracy theories out there that try to disprove the resurrection. Um, and you can Google them. There's a big long list out there. I think the two biggest are um, that the body of Jesus was stolen and that mm-hmm. they were at the wrong location. But what's really cool is that we have answers to, to both of these. And in, in a way, you know, um, as far as the wrong location, the women saw Jesus buried um, right before this in Mark 15, 47, it says Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph saw where Jesus was laid. So it wasn't as if they went, they would have, for, they would not have forgotten the location of yeah. the tomb in a matter of three days. And with the body being stolen, a lot think that maybe the apostles stole it, but there were soldiers guarding the tomb, yeah. right? And even mm-hmm. if they were asleep, they would have had to roll a very, very heavy stone away without waking up the soldiers. And I think sometimes we can also, um, you mentioned also too, that it was, it was a lot going on with the apostles yeah. and the disciples, right? Um, and, and I think sometimes we can forget about their emotional state. At the crucifixion, they fled away in fear. They were hiding. And not to mention they were grieving the loss of their friend and their teachers. They were not in a state to pull off uh, like this incredibly, this incredible risky heist to steal yeah. body, right? Complicated, um, yeah. Yeah. So those are two obstacles that I can think of immediately. Um, and I think also just, just proof. I love um, in the PSG opening paragraph, we talk about showing proof of purchase for an item that you've bought that you need to return. And, you know, in our culture, we're all about proof, you know, like um, show me the receipts or pictures or it didn't happen. You know, like when my husband and I were dating people, we didn't post it on Facebook as a relationship status. So people said it wasn't real because we didn't have (laughs) proof of our relationship, right? It's ridiculous sometimes. Um, And and we see here, you know, the disciples are wanting to see Jesus Mm -hmm. um, before they they hear about it, but they want to see him as proof. Um, And so I think those are some obstacles that we can have, but, um, or, or people can have about the resurrection. But, you know, I think that our responsibility as believers is to proclaim the truth of the mm-hmm. the resurrection and help those who are doubting see that there is there is beauty and hope in the fact that Christ did rise from the dead because if he didn't um Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that our faith is futile which is yeah. so incredibly sad. Yes. Yes. Well that thank you. That's a good a good way to consider how to respond to that if you hear someone say oh I just I just don't really believe it. I think it could be this happened or really this happened um but there's always you can always share your experience and of Mm -hmm. course there's other the fact that the gospel has survived this many years is a a testament okay how can we respond to someone who doesn't believe jesus died and rose again well i'll go ahead and jump in here Mm -hmm. if that's okay um you know when when we were talking about this before we started recording, I jokingly said we berate them and question their mental ability. Um, Unfortunately, that's how some people treat people who reject um, that teaching or who have trouble believing it. Yeah. Um, We we cast them off, view them as worthless. And that's the furthest thing from what I think Jesus would want us to do. I think, first of all, we need to be gracious. We need to be um, loving to them. We need to serve them. Uh, pray for them in that context as well. There, uh, there's some 
you know, I don't want to discredit the work of the Holy Spirit here. Mm -hmm. um, none of us would understand who Jesus is without the Holy Spirit working in our lives for conviction. Now he uses other people to do that in situations, but he uses his, his scripture first and foremost to do that. Um, uh, we can, we can go to battle for that person through prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to work in their life. Um, uh, one thing I would encourage us to think about too, uh, two more things you, is, is focus on what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Focus on the evidence in Scripture. Keep pointing to Scripture. Point to how the the death, burial, and resurrection were referenced in the Old Testament, and how those references were fulfilled in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. um, Isaiah fifty three is one of those places I love looking at because there's it, it it gives you this image, and there's not a lot of leeway on how that's fulfilled. Same thing with Psalm 22. Yeah. Um, Jesus quotes it from, from the, the, the cross. And there's all kinds of imagery in Psalm 22 that re reinforces uh, what Christ is doing on the cross and the, the validity of it. Another thing I would say too, is one response that we should, we should be be giving to folks who question uh, the death, burial, and resurrection is we should live a life worthy of the death, burial, and resurrection in front of them. Now, um, that means living a life of integrity. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect, but it does mean that we need to at least be trying. <laughs> yes, yes. And moving forward. And we should be able to, they not just, we should be able to tell them they should know there's a difference in our life for some reason to where they ask us about it. You know, this is going on in our world. You don't seem to be worried about it. Why are you not worried about it? Or I know that you've been told this physically, um, but that doesn't seem to worry you. Well, you could just be honest. No, it worries me. It just worries me in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, but living a life in front of them that's worthy of the death, burial, and resurrection is very important uh, in this context. I think those are some important things we should remember. We're not looking for a fight. We're not looking for an argument. Some people I know are. They they want to argue over something. And they 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 view it as a win or loss. And we have to be careful that it's not about us but it's about the savior who died on the cross and was resurrected. We're not the ones who paid the price of the, of the cross. We're not the ones who was resurrected. We will be resurrected with him in eternity, but we're not the ones who came out from behind that stone. So we need to keep bringing the focus back on Christ. When we encounter someone who doesn't believe Jesus died and rose again. Okay. So we have a final question and this will be for Dwayne uh, in verse seven. Um, the we read that uh, the man in the white robe inside the tomb, he tells the women, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Um, and then later he says, but go tell his disciples and Peter. So why, why the specific mention of Peter in that instruction? Well, first of all, I think we need to keep in mind that the this angel this man standing there in the white, long white garment. Uh, he, he didn't speak on his own. He spoke on behalf of 
what God told him to say. Mm -hmm. So he's delivering a message from Jesus himself. And so um, he is simply a messenger. And the message is, Peter, I am still interested in you. Remember the last time that Jesus and Peter had had any kind of communication was the, the Peter had denied Christ, the rooster crowed, and they met eyes. Jesus and the and Peter made eye contact. Um, that had to be a brutal moment for Peter. I cannot imagine. And he he's gone. He's gone. Um, if he's seeing the crucifixion, it's from a distance. Um, he's not. We're not told he's there. We know John's the only one there. We're we're not told he's even near it. We don't know where he is during the crucifixion. But you can understand why that would have been an important message for Peter to hear that. Peter, you're still redemptive. I still have a place for you. You need to know that the that the Savior from this messenger, the Savior specifically asked for me to tell you to go and meet him um, in this place in Galilee. He's requesting your presence. Um, and that would be a, be, a, be a first step towards restoration for Peter. And... Uh, you know, we, we just mentioned, we just talked about how we respond to someone who doesn't believe that Jesus died and rose again. Well, here's an example right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, I, I want you to know you still have a place. Um, I, I see you as a value. I don't discredit you, Peter. You need to know you still have a place in my kingdom. Yeah. And that's an important message here uh, in this particular passage. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's a helpful way to to understand and why specifically he was called out on that. Okay, so each week we try to highlight the Bible skill or the key doctrine or possibly a pack item that might be useful for you to share in your Bible study group. Uh, this week I want to bring some attention to the Bible skill. This, the skill this week is use other scripture to help understand a Bible passage, and it gives some instruction on looking at each of the gospel accounts of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. They're all, all four are unique in what is, what is detailed, what is chronicled. Uh, and so the instruction is to read the passages, um, to look at them, look at differences and similarities, um, and to be able to kind of compare what each of the gospel writers um, put into their account. And then to ask in what ways do the four accounts give you a fully or a fuller understanding of the events and significance of the resurrection. So that's a helpful, that's a helpful Bible skill to be able to spend a little time on as you meet with your group this week. Before we go, let me remind you about Extra. Each week we identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news story to introduce and conclude the group time. Uh, this is free and you can find these ideas on the Explore the Bible website by typing the following into your web browser. Go explorethebible.com slash leader extras. Gia and Dwayne, thank you both for being here. Thank you for letting us be here today. Glad to have you. Next week, we will begin our study of Genesis chapters 1 through 19. We hope you'll join us.